Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You're tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. And on Tuesdays, we call it Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg. I just want to ask you a question. Have you joined the I Work For Him Nation? Have you taken time to go out to iWork, the number four, him.com, iWorkForHim.com, and read what we're looking for? Because we're looking for Christ followers that are willing to step out in the workplace, willing to put their faith at the center of what they do each and every day. We're looking for Christ followers that are willing to put their faith in the hands of an almighty God and say, okay, Lord, I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do in my workplace. And it's going to start with praying for my coworkers and employees by name each and every day. Looking for ways to serve people, befriend people. Looking for ways to pray with people when you notice that they just are a little down and out. And all along, people being of excellence. Excellence in a workplace. That your work would be such a a shining light. People would go, hey, there's something different about you. What is it? It's the greatest question ever. When people say, hey, what's different about you? You say, you know what? My life has never been the same since Jesus Christ impacted my life since I met Jesus. Go out to iWorkForHim.com. That's iWork, the number four, Him.com, and join the iWorkForHim nation tonight. Start impacting your workplace tomorrow. It's just, it's going to, guaranteed to change your life. A couple of other things we want to bring up today before we get to our guests. Number one, we're getting a lot of inquiries. Literally, in the last several days, we're getting inquiries about, hey, can we get I Work For Him on shows across the nation, on other radio stations? We absolutely can. Tampa Bay is all covered. But if there's, if you're listening to a radio station locally in your area that is a Christian talk station, you think they might like having I Work For Him on there, we'd love to get the show on there. We want to help purposefully equip vibrantly effective Christ followers across the nation. Literally, we already have listeners in all 50 states and in 50 countries, but we'd love for people to be able to hear us on the radio as well as on iHeartRadio, iTunes, the iWorkFrame radio uh, podcasts and, and archives. We would love to get the message out about the ministries that are making a kingdom impactful uh, kingdom impactful marketplace ministries. We want people to know about them. So if you are in another city, contact us. Jim at IWorkForHim.com or Martha at IWorkForHim.com and, and we can get talking with that local station. If you've got a connection in there, we'd love that. The other thing, people always say, hey, Jim, do you do you allow sponsors of the show? Absolutely. We love, we love to have sponsors of the show, love to have advertisers and then sponsors. Advertisers are people that have their own business they'd like to promote to the IWorkForHim audience. Sponsors would be people that want to sponsor the show and maybe help a ministry get on the air to promote their ministry. Love to talk to you about either one of those. Again, easy to get a hold of me. Go out to iWorkForHim.com or just send me an email. Jim at iWork, the number four, him.com. Martha. 
Um, you know, I just want to go back to what you were saying at the beginning about joining the I Work For Him Nation. And we just had a neat thing happen this morning here in the office because you have your copy of the little thing that we, you sent, you email it to everybody once the they join the, the nation. Yep. Um, you email them a copy of the covenant. And when you get that, you can print it out and sign it. And we want to encourage you to put that somewhere in your office or somewhere where you see it every day to remind yourself of the commitment that you've made to pray for your employees. And so somebody was in our office this morning, saw it, commented on the fact that that makes the difference in her day because she has that in her cubicle at her work and is reminded of about to pray for her employees or, you know, coworkers and stuff. So I just thought that was really neat because, you know, you have it up for you and she saw that and made a comment about it. It's cool. Uh, it's fun to be that person of influence. I, I, you know, we never anticipated that this would be the life that God would call us to, but we're having a lot of fun and we really do enjoy hearing from our listeners. And I just remembered the last person that joined the I Work for Him Nation, I forgot to send the covenant. Oh. So thanks for reminding me. <laughs> I saw the panic on your face. I'm like, what's the matter? What did I say? I so forgot. He's just writing I, notes to himself. So I, I, if you're listening, I'll send it to you. I promise. <laughs> so you'll and know what should, he's talking if about. If you join the I Work for Him Nation, have you, haven't gotten a covenant, you just need to let us know because we will. I'll get it out to you. I, I, I'm trying to be really intentional. I will personally reach out to everybody that actually answers uh, the uh, uh, the show today. So or answers the I Work for Him covenant. Uh, that'd be fantastic. So anyway, Martha and I are also we're talking about the uh, I Work for Him upcoming Cruise Your Way to a Better Marriage Retreat, sponsored by I Work for Him. Coming up in March, March of 2017, we've got the the fourth annual Cruise Way to a Better Marriage Retreat. And this is open to married couples, husbands and wives from around the nation who want to just spend a weekend working on their marriage and spending time with Martha and I. We try to make it extraordinarily intentional to make it really uh, powerful and make it so that you're, you and your spouse, you and your husband, you and your wife, will your marriage will never be the same. We want to make it uh, unbelievably awesome for you to be married. And so we work really hard at helping build into marriages. So we'd love for you to join us on the I Work For Him uh, Cruise Your Way to a Better Marriage Retreat sponsored by us coming up March the 30th through April the 3rd. Go out to iWorkForHim.com, click on the Cruise tab, or go out to Facebook and just click on our Facebook page, and there's an event there that you can join and get uh, hit the link for joining the cruise. Um, and if you start now, and let's just say making a big payment is a big deal to you, you can start making payments on it and, and so that it makes it so that it's not such a big uh, big money commitment. So anyway, join us on the iWorkForHim. Not anyway. We'd love to have you join us on the iWorkForHim. <laughs> anyway. I'm sorry. <laughs> Moving right along. So, Mary, just start off talking about how Christ is impacting your walk in your ministry today. Oh, wow. It's everything. He directs it. You know, you mentioned all the books on I have on Amazon. I really can't believe it, Jim, because I told mm. God that I was too busy to write a book. <laughs> and I'm serious. You know, my first book happened on McDonald's napkins and spelling lists. I wrote how God was at work in our children's lives during the day, and then just on little scraps of paper, literally. And at night, we used those as our devotions. That became Little Visits with Jesus, got on the Christian bestseller list, and the rest is history that God wrote, because I really was too busy to write a book. I had three kids in three and a half years. I was earning a doctorate. I was a pastor's wife. I mean, it was a busy time. 
Wow, but, that's amazing. So the, so that writing that you were doing was actually just for you in your own home with your own kids to start it with? It was. It really was. It was just because when I had three under the age of four, I needed action-oriented devotions because yes. kids wouldn't sit for a long, nice Bible reading and stuff. And so I just started with where was God working in their life that day. I wrote it down. I made up a devotion around it put some scripture with it and a prayer. We used that, and it resonated with other families because God was at work in those lives just like he was working our family life. Yeah, there's nothing like having three kids under the age of four just to make it fun. (laughs) And earning a doctorate, I can't even imagine. (laughs) What were you thinking? I was teaching college, too, part-time at that time. Um, just for fun, you know, so it it was a busy time. But look at families today are just as busy, whether or not yeah. they have somebody in school or whether they're working at a job or working in the home. I mean, we are busy. We are immersed in this life that goes on a treadmill. And we just really have to stop sometimes and look and think for ourselves how is God at work in my life today? I mean, we have to do and ask that same question that I asked so many years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, I just have to ask something there because we hadn't really even talked about this. Is the, What was the driving force? Bet- did, did you always know you wanted to do some kind of a, a lesson with your kids to talk or, you know, have devotions? Or was this something that somebody suggested? How did that desire for you to start putting those things down even start? That's a really good question. Um, As I mentioned, I was a pastor's wife. I'm a pastor's wife, daughter, daughter daughter-in-law, and granddaughter, so our kids grew up in the church. But even though we were praying with our kids, I felt something was missing. And when I tried to use the devotional books that were available at the time, they were for older kids. Mm -hmm. But we really needed something to make that faith and life connection. And that's why I started writing devotions based on God's work in their lives, because that's where all the action was happening, and we weren't recognizing that. By the time we got to the end of the day, it was, well, let's say thank you to God for this day, but what did he do? How was he acting in our lives? And my kids needed to know that, even though they were very young, and we needed to know that as parents. Because you know what that's like as a parent. You are so busy. You don't take a step back from your own parenting. So I found that really helpful for me as a Christian mom. So how, you know, because we we did devotions with our kids. Our kids were 18 months apart. We didn't have number three uh, (laughs) biologically. So how did you actually corral them down without having uh, meltdowns in devotion time? Did you do it like right after dinner or something? Or how did you find a time during the day where you could do devotions and have a a quality conversation? Yeah, at bedtime. Because that's kind of the time, you know, we were through the that horrible time right before supper when everything falls apart. (laughs) We got everybody fed and got them through the tub and Then when they settle down for bedtime, you know, that's when kids will really share with you what's on their heart. 
of course, you know that they want to delay bedtime and they're stalling. But <laughs> No, that never happens. <laughs> <laughs> that's really the opportunity when they can kind of separate out from what happened during the day and they will reveal what happened on the playground or what happened with mm-hmm. a friend. And that's when you have a time to really make that heart connection. Because as we've talked, you know, you're so busy during the day, just kind of catch each other. You know, the, the statistic is the average parent and child have 90 seconds of meaningful communication in a day. 90 oh, seconds. Wow. That's a minute mm-hmm. and a half. I'm not really good at math, but then I know that that's not long enough for meaningful connections. No, so if you, we always found bedtime to be a great time as well. We, I mean, that yeah. was our favorite time of night. Yeah, we yeah. we had one of our kids who I think was that way, especially where when we'd get ready for bed, then the big question would come out. You know, what is the meaning of life, or what? Yeah. You know, something he'd been thinking about all day, and and that was the time where we got to actually talk. So, what transitioned you from um, doing this in your home and and teaching your children to then becoming published? Well, I knew an editor. I had worked in-house at a publishing house, a Concordia publishing house in St. Louis, before I started my doctorate and after I had left the classroom. And I said, what should I do with these things? I have this drawer full of McDonald's napkins and spelling lists (laughs) and shopping lists. And he said, just keep saving them. So I did. And that became Little Visits with Jesus. And then there was more Little Visits with Jesus. And then there were the Hear Me Read books that have taught so many kids to read by reading a Bible story with 25 words or less. Yes. And it just kind of went on from there. I mean, it was so, sort of God's plan because it clearly wasn't mine. <laughs> you, you became a renowned expert in children and family. I mean, you became known for your ability to, to communicate gospel principles, godly principles to children in, in the book world. And then you started being a speaker. So, I mean, that opened up a whole other world to you. What's the favorite audience that you like to speak in front of? <laughs> well, I did a lot of speaking, and I've had audiences of up to 5,000 people, um, which are, those are always a thrill. But you know, Jim, it's the personal relationships that I've made through the years that I look back on at this point and say, wow, you know, this was really special. I think of all the people that I've worked with, um, Jeffrey Katzenberg at DreamWorks with the Prince of Egypt, um, you know, some, some people who've crossed my path through the years. Fred Rogers was clearly the one who just stands out. Mr. Rogers mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. a very special guy. <laughs> he, he was. You've, you've got such a great way about you. You've got to be from the Midwest. Are you from the Midwest somewhere? I am. My dad was a pastor a mile north of the Loop, so I grew up as a street kid going to Chicago Public Schools. Wow. I knew it had to be. We grew up in Minnesota, just the way you're talking, like she's got to be from the upper Midwest. Got to be. So what's your favorite topic to talk about? When it comes to kids and family, what's your favorite topic to talk about with people? Well, you know, certainly getting kids into reading, because that's one of the most important things that whether we're parents or aunts and uncles or grandparents, if we can sit down and read with a child, we are giving them our time and our attention, our lap and our love. And that's what every child needs. 
And if we are able to put them in a language envelope with reading, with books, with, you know, books online, whatever, we are surrounding them with language and showing the importance of communication. So certainly anything that connects books and kids, and especially the the special book of God's Word, wow. That's awesome. All right. Now, Martha has something she wanted to well, ask was, you some questions I about. was just sharing with Jim how, with all my years in um, Christian retail, my favorite of the things that, I guess the thing I was most experienced with of the things that you've written was the Hear Me Read Bible. And I loved the fact that um, there were so many Bible stories written in so few words so kids could learn to read them and read them out loud. And often... It was um, parents that maybe didn't even know the Bible stories that were getting this exposure at the same time with their kids. So I often would um, really encourage, especially grandparents, if they were coming in to find a book to lean towards that. So they were hearing scripture, hearing the children learning to read, and what parent won't sit and listen to that. So I just loved it. Thank you for mentioning that, Martha, because that was another book that happened out of my own needs. And when mm. things happen out of a, a mom's needs, you know there are other moms who have the same issue. But right. what happened was our son Matthew was in first grade, and every night he would bring home books about Pat and Pan. They were two pigs, and they were so boring, Martha. I just, <laughs> my heart was just aching, and Matthew was not learning to read. And more importantly, he just really didn't like that every night. So one night we were sitting there on our brown sofa in our parsonage in Belleville, Illinois, and I said, Matthew, what if I write you a book about Jesus? And he said, well, I like David and Goliath. That's my favorite story. So (laughs) I went into my office, wrote the story of Bing, and brought it back out to the living room that night, and Matthew could read that book without, I mean, just on a piece of paper, no illustrations, no pictures, no nothing, but I mm-hmm. used natural language, prediction, and repetition, and used less than 25 words. And when he could read that Bible story by himself, I mean, my heart just opened up. It was an amazing moment, and I can't tell you how many letters and communications from parents I have received through the years not just in English, but those books are in nine languages from parents all around the world and missionaries who said, our children have learned to read with your books. I mean, that's clearly God working through across mountains and oceans because all I did was put less than 25 different words on these pages and Mm -hmm. it's learned to read and they learn to read Bible stories. Right. So, so there's a hear me there's a hear me read um book series as well as the Bible, right? Is that correct? The hear me well, they have compiled all the hear me reads the for, the level 1 books with the stories of 25 words okay. or less into the hear me read Bible now. Okay. And so that's just in the hear me read Bible. The level 2, those are still available in individual titles. Excellent. I just wanted to make sure that the listeners know that so they can go to their local bookstore and ask for the Hear Me Read Bible if they're wondering more about what we're talking about. Right. All right. So you recently wrote 
faith footprints with my grandchild. 52 devotions, activities, and reflections reflections for grandmothers. I'm guessing I know the answer to this question, but why did you write this book? <laughs> well, again, it happened out of my own need. As I've gotten older, I ask God every day, what can I do that will make a difference today? Because there isn't quite as much on my plate. I don't have audiences of 5,000 that are waiting to hear anymore. And I wanted to make a difference. So writing a book that will automatically impact two generations, right Mm -hmm. from my own needs, there are a lot of boomers who are becoming grandparents today. There are 30,000 people who are becoming new grandparents every week. 30,000. Wow. <laughs> that is a lot because the, the boomer baby boom is becoming the grandparent boom now. Right. And so I figured there were a lot of other people who were in the same situation as I was who really wanted to make a difference with the next generation. So that's how Faith Footprints happened, because we now have five grandsons. All grandsons. Oh, it's All ex- little it's an boys. Act, it's an active place around the Simon household. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> it's very noisy. It's wonderful. <laughs> now, do they all live near you? No, we're halfway across the country from all five. But I do um, buy a lot of tickets on Southwest Airlines. thank goodness for that right so (laughs) since since the book has been out what have or even leading up to making the book and writing the book what were you hearing were the biggest needs of grandparents today that wanted to invest in their grandchildren we know and research has showed this that grandparents really feel good what really makes them feel great is to be able to share something of spiritual significance. Not necessarily Christian, but spiritual. And of course, as a Christian, I want that to focus on Jesus Christ. So my thinking here is that we can leave values before we leave valuables. And if we can leave... That was good. (laughs) footprints of faith what more can we leave as a legacy I mean what a meaningful gift we will leave for our children and their children that is the heart of faith footprints with my grandchild I love that Mary I was touched by the practical nature of the book. I'm a practical guy. I'm a high D with very little anything else in my personality. But I loved the practical because I looked at it from, okay, we read a lot of devotion books with our kids as they were, as they were little, and we ran out of good options once they, of family devotion options once they got into teenage world. But what I liked from the grandparents' standpoint was how you – gave these activities for every week because if grandparents could see their grandkids every week, it would be a joy for everybody. I, I love the practical thoughts, your heartfelt desire for grandparents to invest in their grandkids. What has been the response? You, you got about 30 seconds before we go to break and then we'll come back to it. What's been the response from grandparents to the, the ideas that you put out there? 
Well, the book's only been out about two weeks, so I haven't had a lot of response. But I did have a phone call from a friend today who said that she had to sit down and read eight of them at the time last night, and she had just gotten the book in the mail. So the initial response has been great because it is from a heart of one grandparent to the heart of another. Yeah, and that's what I loved about it. And we'll talk more about it. We're talking today with Dr. Mary Mann Simon about her book. And she's got a ministry. She writes kids' books, biblical children's books, fun children's books that help them to read. And she's just released a couple of weeks. I didn't realize it was only a couple of weeks ago, Faith Footprints with My Grandchild. And Mary, as you wrote this book, and we've got a caller, Wendy from Bel Air Bluffs. She won the book. We're going to get this sent out to her. But Martha and I had a question for you because our grandkids are in Minnesota. We live in Florida. You said your grandkids are halfway across the country from you. How does this book work with our long-distance grandchildren? Well, you can certainly use the book, you know, when you're with them, but you can also do it over the phone. I think sometimes we think that just because there's a distance between us and our grandchildren, that that has to mean an emotional distance, and it really doesn't. You know, when one of the kids has a, a flute recital, for example, on that day, you call early in the morning before you go to the gym, and you say, can I pray with you, Nate? You know, I know you've got your recital today. I know you're nervous. And it's those kinds of touch points with our grandchildren, wherever they live, that really leave that kind of faith footprint. It's an acting out of our Christian lifestyle. And it doesn't have to be limited by geography. So are you using, are you a FaceTime user or a Skype user? Which one do you use? <laughs> well, actually, the only grandson who likes the technology is the one who was adopted from an orphanage in Ethiopia. <laughs> um, he loves the, the Skype, and he'll do it with me for about a minute and a half, and then he's done. Okay. <laughs> That's <laughs> so great. About, you know what? Go ahead. Go I'm ahead. sorry. Yeah, so we use the phone, but really whenever I can, I try to travel and see them. This is such well, a And that's what I was going to touch on. We, I know that I've talked with grandmothers in the past, especially if they are going to have kids visit for the summer. This would be a fabulous thing to incorporate into that visit so that you're getting some very purposeful activities and getting into the word and touching on those values like you were talking about. Absolutely. And even if you're only with them for a few days, it's mm -hmm. a wonderful opportunity because as you do that reflection page, you don't have to fill in the whole thing about what your reflection is. You know, you can fill it in with what you and your grandchild did and then be sure to date that because what this will become is really a very meaningful memory book for both mm -hmm. of you. And at some point, at some milestone moment in the future for your grandchild, whether it's graduation from grade school or high school or college or wedding, you will have a tremendous memory book to be able to give to this child. We're talking today with Dr. Mary Mann Simon. She's a, a, an expert in writing children's books, uh, certainly ones that are biblically based. You can find out more about her online at marymanszsimon.com, marymanszsimon.com. It highlights all the books that she's written, and I, I'm sure that you can find her books on Amazon and other great Christian retailers around the country. I think that this would be this book 
is a perfect book for for this holiday we celebrate on Sunday, Mother's Day. Yes, especially yeah. as you were talking about how this would be something that is going to be filled with, um, you know, memories, the reflection section that you date and everything. I think what better book to give to a mom? Something, if it's only been out a couple of weeks, the chances there are they don't have it yet. They Not haven't picked it up for themselves. Well... Grandmas tend to pick up things for themselves like that. So, but, you know, go get one and get it to them and give it to her for Mother's Day and to see where that really takes the relationship. What an exciting thing that will be. So, so as you wrote this and you have in there activity suggestions that go along with each of the devotions, what has been the, what is the favorite activity that you wrote or one of your favorite? Well, it's right here on my desk, actually. It's, um, it was an apple juice bottle, and I have it. I'll open it up here. It was in a little baggie here. Um, it was an apple juice bottle that we took to the zoo on one of the trips to the, with the grandkids, and I filled it up with some salt and then put little things in it. I call it a memory jar from a birthday party, and there's some little blocks because my guys like Lego. And there's a balloon because we had so much fun outside with water balloons. And all these little tiny things that I dropped into my apple, former apple juice container, and now it's my memory jar. So mm-hmm. I have that right here on my desk. And whenever I get lonesome for the little guys, I can just remember the wonderful times that we had. And they're all reflected in my memory jar. So that's one of the activities that is in the book, and it's my favorite. How old is your oldest grandchild? He's nine. So he shows me his his strong core. He loves to, to show me that. But I'll tell you, I just hope that he's getting that strong moral core and that strong Christian core that's more important than his six-pack. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure, because a six-pack turns into a keg later anyway. Yeah. <laughs> in size, yeah, when you're an adult man. Yeah. I don't know about that. Uh, oh. That was not a reference to beer. It just no, was a I know it wasn't. I know it wasn't. So. All right, so what are you hoping to accomplish from these, these activities? You, you've got this reflection moment each mm-hmm. uh, each day for, for you, and some of them, as I read them, uh, some of them you can actually read to your grandkid, but really they're they're to get you focused as a grandmother, but then you've got this to-do thing. Uh, you know the, the activity. What are you hoping that these activities do for grandparents and their grandkids? A couple things. One is that we're so focused on our grandchild's growing up or our child's growing up, we forget that as our kids are growing up, we're growing too. And we never outgrow our need to continue learning and developing as Christians. I think that's something that has been kind of hard for me to learn because as I was going through all the issues that grandparents deal with, you know, we deal with competition with the, quote, other grandma. (laughs) We deal with jealousy that maybe we can't spend the money that somebody else is spending on their grandchild or even that we don't get to see our grandkids as much as others. As, I was de- as I've been dealing with these kind of feelings, I've been really disgusted with myself that I hadn't already dealt with those. I didn't want to keep having to deal with them. And yet again and again, you know, my sinful human nature keeps coming up. And I have to ask God to help me continue to work through these kind of issues. 
so certainly one of my goals with the book was to help grandma grandparents realize that they are still growing as children of God, even while we watch our grandchildren grow as children of God. So that's one goal. But the other goal is really to provide a tool that will strengthen the relationship. Whether I'm writing a children's book or an adult book, I always have in my mind a triangle. And there's three points in that triangle. There's an adult, a child, and God. And whether I'm writing a hear-me-read Bible story or a child's devotion or faith footprints with my grandchild, anything that I can do to bring those three points of the triangle closer together so that God, the adult, and the child are just forged together, that's really my purpose. I think it's my purpose in life. When you go back to the journaling time, you, you've got your reflection time, uh, but you've you've given opportunity for every activity for the grandparent to reflect. And, and I love the fact you mentioned already, hey, they should date it, they should put it down. But mm-hmm. why is journaling, why have you found journaling to be such a, I mean, because that's, a, I, I believe when I look at the whole thing, I think that's going to be the most powerful part of this book is the journal part. Why would you include it? Because it's a personalization of who we are as a Christian. When we really step back and take the time to think and reflect, you know, that in-the-moment type of experience, that's where we get the takeaway that will make, you know, tomorrow a more meaningful day. There, so that's, it's kind of like the, the lens through which we look at life as a hopeful Christian, we can look through that lens as one that continually opens up wider so that we can continually see how God is at work in our lives. And that's a growing lens. So when we reflect on how God is at work in our lives, we have the potential to keep growing. Mm, I love that. You know, and I love the fact that you were talking about how we can grow as grandparents. And one of the things that I know has been impressed upon me is when I see my parents sharing an area that they're growing in, you know, a lot of times we don't think about grandparents still learning and, and experiencing things and growing closer to the Lord. So seeing that transparency is really huge because then the kids are seeing Okay, even at that stage in life, they're still learning more about God and their relationship with Jesus. And um, I think that's an encouragement to the grandchildren without coming out and saying, well, you need to be this way. It's saying, you know what, this is what God's doing in my life. And it's giving you that conversation. You know, Mary, what I love, what I love, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. But what I love about this book is that it causes me, the business guy, and, and I'm sure Martha, the businesswoman, just to step back and realize, okay. Yeah, we're busy working, but our grandkids are only going to be little so long. Mm-hmm. And we've got such a small little window, 18 years till they're off on their own, off to college and whatever, that we can actually impact them, spend time with them. And this is a reminder. Wait a minute, people. Grandkids are an incredible blessing from God. Slow down. Keep your focus, your priorities right. Nothing is more important than spending time with your spouse, your Lord, your spouse, your kids, but you know, once there's grandkids, spend time with the grandkids. <laughs> but it, it's it, it's a good reminder. 
Mm-hmm. It really is. And Martha, you mentioned the transparency. Authenticity is kind of the key word for today's parents and certainly for the millennials. And most of those who are becoming new parents are millennials. Right. But it's that transparency that is so honest. Um, you know, I've loved teaching kids because they are so truthful. I actually, after I was teaching college, I went back and taught four-year-olds because in higher education, everything's a political game. And Mm -hmm. I needed the truthfulness of those four-year-olds who would tell me if my hair, if I was having a bad hair day or if (laughs) something was wrong in the classroom. I didn't need the political games. I needed that authenticity. And that's what, when the bookmark still moves in my Bible, and my grandkids see that, that is an authenticity that speaks volumes about how we're growing as Christians. Mary, here's a question for you. For the Christ-following grandmothers and grandfathers out there listening, what encouragement can you offer them as they try to incorporate their faith in the influence on their kids and their grandkids? God isn't done with us yet. Just because we might have lived a very long time and had a lot of experiences, it doesn't mean that God is done working through us. And I'm a perfect example of that. I'm 68 years old. Um, He has blessed me in so many ways in my life, and yet I really feel that one of the most important things for me to do is still ahead with our grandchildren. Um, You know, we can't see what he has in mind for us. I certainly never planned the life that I've led, but God has a better plan. And when we really try to go through the doors that he opens, we have a God that we worship with such, he has so many surprises for us and so many blessings that are just around the corner. So that's... uh, that's always the hope that we can have in our heart. So finish strong, finish running is really what you're saying. Don't absolutely. Don't... Right. You know, so... turn off the tech. Um, we turn off everything when we talk to God. Turn off the tech when you talk to your grandchild. When you give that kind of a message, um, that's something that grandchild's going to remember. That is a faith footprint that you can leave. I love that. All right, last question, then we got to go. What's the next book under your sleeve? What do you got coming up? (laughs) Oh, are you ready for a list? I have so many things coming up. Um, A couple this summer, God Made the Sun and God Made the Moon, Uh, then Sending My Love, and then Where Does Love Hide? And then a manuscript I'm actually, that is right here on the computer right now, is First Feelings to help a child cope with those initial feelings and what do you do with them? So lots of stuff. (laughs) Lots of fun stuff. Dr. Mary Mann Simon, thank you so much for being on I Work For Him today. It was such a pleasure. We really appreciate the work you're doing that impacts the kingdom and uh, just are so grateful that you had time for us today. Thank you, Jim and Martha. Thank you. As we come to the end of another I Work For Him radio show, thanks for tuning in today. Thanks so much to Ace Andrews for doing a great job supporting us and handling the controls with precision. Thanks to our show sponsors. Go out to iWorkForHim.com and go to the bottom of the front page and click on their websites to let people know that you really appreciate them. Go out there and contact us for those different ministries and businesses and say, hey, 
Thanks for supporting I Work For Him. After work tonight, go home. Go on to iWorkForHim.com. Join the I Work For Him nation. Then jump over to our Facebook page. That's I Work For Him. I Work The Number For Him. And find out what's going on out there. Look for our latest post. And also look at that event page that's all about the marriage cruises coming up next year in March. You know, the battle for the souls of our coworkers and employees is intense. Sometimes we need to just step back and realize that we've got a calling to our workplace. And that's what we're talking about every day right here on I Work For Him. You will listen to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers and we own our own business, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.